This is Mike. And Adam. From Mile High Shooting, and you're listening to The Everyday Sniper. I would like to welcome Frank back to Colorado. He got back in at 2 a.m. this morning. He's drained out, but he's ready to get back in the saddle for you guys. Uh, he asked us to step up again and do another episode for you. Uh, this will be kind of a, a, a mental prep and pressure uh, type of episode. Adam uh, brought this to the table, and I was like, yeah, man, we should really dig into this. <clears throat> a couple things I want to cover first uh, in other news. We wanted to thank you guys for listening and sharing and making The Everyday Sniper the number four hottest new podcast in 2018. And we, we covered many other accolades uh, looking at that in the Podbean blog portion of the uh, the Podbean application. And uh, you guys put us in the top 100 podcasts on Podbean. And thanks, for, uh, thanks to Trevor and Nestor for pointing that out to us. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys listening all around the world and listening here in our hometown or our home state of Colorado. And I think California and, and Texas is overtaking you guys as far as listening. So make sure you're making those comments. Make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you're sharing with your friends. We really appreciate it. Hopefully the information that we're putting out there is good for you and good for them. And moving into 2019, this is a whole nother year. We got SHOT Show coming up in the next few weeks. We're in the beginning of January. So happy New Year's to you guys. And... Um, Come visit us. If you're going out to SHOT Show, come visit us at 7502, booth number 7502. It's in the Marco Polo room downstairs. Marco. Polo. <laughs> so mental prep and preparation. What are you? Are, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in your head before a match. And what can you do to alleviate that pressure on yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, we got it all wrote down here, but... I mean, the, the biggest thing, you know, is, is trying to get yourself where you're not putting undue pressure on yourself, right? So having a checklist of everything that you can, you can get and take and, and be prepared for that match just takes, takes a little bit of the edge off, right? So It's kind of like a backwards time, timeline is how yeah. I look at it. So we're going to be at the match at noon tomorrow. What do we need to do to prep ourselves to get there? So at 11 o'clock, we should be rolling in. We should be you know, unloading gear and stuff like that. So what are we doing at 10 o'clock? What are we doing at 9 o'clock? What are we doing at 8 o'clock? Right. What time are we waking up in the morning? How long does it take to take a shower? What, are we taking a shower the night before to just get up, be fresh, be ready, um, to have a good night's sleep? What are you eating the night before? What uh, I, I think this really goes back to you know, you're, you're looking at... 48 to 72 hours prior is gear right am i bringing the right gear for the task right and enough of it you know what's the weather like what's what's uh what does my food situation look like are they giving us lunch you know do you want to eat their lunch that they provide you know what what if you're allergic to something or you, you know you you can't eat what they're going to provide you make sure that you have your stuff there and you're not scrounging around the night before trying to hit Walmart and the gas station and get, trying to get everything or even that up. morning because that or the morning of that's yeah. going to get that again that pressure go to Cabela's go to a sports store go somewhere get get some good lightweight cold weather rain gear yeah and stuff for the heat as well yeah I got a quick story last last match that we shot together mm-hmm. I went uh, I went calling coyote calling the day the night before and I took my wallet out of my pants mm-hmm. so I wouldn't lose it. So I get up, go to the match the next morning. I get to Kersey, and I go to pay for breakfast and my drinks and everything. No, no wallet. wallet. No money. No, no nothing. <laughs> like I had to go to the pickup and scrounge through the center console, and I'm like, I, ha- I, have, I have $2. There's 72 30- cents in change <laughs> yeah. and, a, and, a, and a rolled up movie ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What can what, I get for what's, this? What's this worth? You know, and the the lady looks at me like, "Really? Like, are you? <laughs> Surely you have something." Yeah, and where what does yeah. she have to say? You know, she's got three teeth in her mouth anyway, so <laughs> she probably has a little bit of change. But make sure you got some cold weather gear. You never know when that cold weather is going to roll in. You never know when the rain is going to roll in. And also heat, like get those those long sleeve. Uh, sweat wicking hoodies stuff yeah, like that like, we were using huck last year yeah the hucks or uh there's there's a bunch of other other companies out there making them uh that's h-u-k h-u-k performance fishing gear but i, I really like those one is i don't get sunburnt you know like my arms don't get yeah roasted. they protect you from uv and then i get the hooded ones so i can toss the hood up keeps the back of my neck from getting fried 
you know. And they're and surprisingly it, cool. Yeah, you really don't you really don't get that hot at all. You know, it's it, they're it, waterproof and all that stuff. I mean, you can go diving in these things and you'll yeah. be okay. Um, extra socks, gloves, hats, anything to cover your you know extremities. So even if it's tactical gloves, you guys are going to be working in let's say high desert area and you don't want to be running around touching stuff on the ground or out here we have a lot of uh goat heads goat heads yep. sanders so, yep. yeah so you want to be able to protect your hands protect your face protect your head uh, and also if uh for some reason you guys find yourself walking through a big stream or a puddle or something like that you want to make sure one that you have some type of waterproof hiking shoe or even uh, extra pair of socks or something like that because you may run across that so but Adam brought up a good point about food. What you bring like a whole Tupperware deal full of like snacks and all yeah, kinds of shit, you know? Because you know what I what I have found shooting, and it, it's not it's not even in a match. It's just practicing. You know, you hit a certain point, and it's even during the day. You hit a certain point, your your body's starting to get drained. You everything starts to become harder. I think you're right. you're doing a lot more work than you think you are. Right. It, you know, well in the you know, every you go to a stage and you're trying to prep mentally, you're like, Okay, well I need to do this, 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 this. So your 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 mind is working harder and faster than it normally does, you know, than like at work typing on the computer or whatever. So um I I like to have like an energy bar or, you know, just a you know, uh like the Nutrigrain bars or, or something that's going to give you a little hype. You know, it's going to keep your, keep your body going and keep what you are doing easier just so that you're not run down and it's hard and you start to fail mentally. Uh, I've seen it time and time again where guys get to the end of a match, the end of the day, and they're not sharp anymore. You know, like they started Yeah, out, they're ready to be done. They're, they're done. They're, they're At spent. that point, it's, it's more or less like who can – who can outperform somebody in endurance? Right. Yeah. And, I, it, like get to that last stage, get to that last stage. And a lot of people are like, dude, I was, I mentally dropped my pack two stages ago. Yeah. I was ready to be done with this. And I just <laughs> wish I couldn't miss fast enough to get off the stage. You know, right. and it, it, that's not where you need to be because it comes down to every, every last single shot that you make, every last decision that you'd, you have, you have to have that energy and that, that fuel, that fuel just to, to keep going, to finish, just, just get done, you know, water, super important. Hydrate, 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 hydrate or die. They say, <laughs> yeah. um, but you want to make sure that even though it's cool outside even though it's overcast, even though it's during the uh, winter time or something like that, you want to make sure that you are staying hydrated because again, your body is, you know, it's burning that energy. It's burning that water. It's burning all these things. It's burning all these cells. You need to replenish that stuff. You need to replenish your electrolytes and your, and replenish your mm -hmm. H2O. Yeah. So make sure you stay on top of that. Most, most guys that shoot with me know that I'm, I'm, Huge fan of Powerade Zero, the blue kind. Blue drink. Blue. Yeah, shooter juice. <laughs> shooter juice is what I call it. Because, man, I, like we went to the Mile High Shootout. In and, Craig. In Craig. And the very – we go to Walmart. We're there an extra day early. <laughs> and I get 30 of these. <laughs> and Aaron – They're like 79 cents a piece. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's looking at me like, dude, did you buy enough of these? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to mm. get us through or not. You know, after the – And you fill up like end, two or three Yetis with it. Yeah, the end of the second day, we had to go to Walmart and buy more blue Powerade yep. to make it through the third day. Yep. But make sure you are supplementing that with water. Being out in the sun, sunscreen, make sure you're taking care of yourself. I know Adam is, he, he's not a huge sunscreen person, which is why he gets the long sleeve stuff. He gets the hoods, but you do need to take care of your skin while you're out there. That'll that'll wear you down too. That The, the sun beating down on you all day getting up and down from your rifle, going down range, even when you're practical shooting, when you're out training or practicing and you have to go down to the 100 yard and set up that target, take that target down, put up new targets. You're traveling back and forth. You know, you could be walking 1,000 yards in one day just at the 100 yard range mm -hmm. and then shooting and then keeping your, your mental fitness going and the, the sun's beating down on you. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and taking care of your skin with some sunscreen. 
You have a bag full of tools, man. What are you what are you carrying around? It's like you're a mobile gunsmith and like every time I pick up your backpack it weighs like 10 times as much as mine, but you have every single tool in there to fix a gun. Yeah, well I mean the 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 rule always was with with my mentor was you take everything with you but the mill and the lathe cuz you never know what you're going to have to fix. Sure. Right? So if I if I had a portable mill and lathe that was reasonable, I might might take it with me, you know. I've seen a couple times I could have used them at the field and fixed some guys' stuff. So, so we're carrying borkas, we're carrying fix-it sticks. Yeah, I, what else do you have in there? I got a sane defense cleaning kit mm-hmm. in there. Um, use that just in case. I don't use it as a primary cleaning rod or anything like that, but I have it's a it field. in there. It's, it's a, a field, field kit. Tool. Yeah, yeah, it's a field kit. It's sectional. Put it together. It runs off of brass and steel, so you, you're not damaging the bore. Uh, works fantastic. Um, yeah, Allen wrenches, torque wrenches, all the bits, drivers you ever need, uh, hammer, punches. So if you need to drive a bolt stop out or trigger pins out or something like that, then you can take the pick, the trigger out, put a new trigger in for somebody. Like a jewel goes down or a Timney or whatever goes down, you know, uh, you can drive those out, fix it, put it back, get the guy back in the race. So, yeah, tools, are, tools I, I never go anywhere without tools. Just right. Stuff happens. Stuff breaks. Yeah, I've been yeah. in a pinch, and you're just like, hold on, go get my tool bag. Yeah. Let's and it's just like, yeah, quick. let's fix this real quick, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Which is nice. So, um, again, field expedient stuff. So when you're mentally preparing for this, where is your tools? Where are they located in your bag? Make sure you put them in the same spot every single time. Make sure when you take them out and you put them back, you put them back the same way they were. That way you can find them easy. That is one less thing you have to worry about, and it sounds stupid, but it will alleviate a little bit of pressure off of you. And, and I have a set of tools that live in my pack. That's, the, that's those tools' job. They stay there. I don't take them out because if I take them out, I put them in my – say I take those tools out and I put them in my shotgun shooting stuff. And I have them in that bag. Then when I come back, i got a rifle match. I just throw my rifle stuff in and I'm gone. And then I need them. I'm like, hey. Like what? your wallet. Like my wallet. You should I, have a wallet for that bag. Should, right. You should have Duh. a I have a wallet all the time for every pair of pants. <laughs> ammo. So the ammo prep, there's one too many times where I know per- personally me and you have been prepping for a practical shoot till three in the morning the day before, <laughs> trying to make sure that we have all the ammo that we're ever going to need for, you know, say we want to burn a hundred rounds at zero if we can, if we get there in time. Right. Right. We have so, we have ammo to check zero, check dope. That ammo is set aside, and then if we have leftover <laughs> from that, so if something happens to our gun during the match, we still have an allotted amount of ammo to go to the zero range, check it, re-zero, re-dope, and still have ammo for the match. I don't, I come home with at least at a minimum of fifty rounds mm-hmm. from every match I go to. Yeah, then we go shoot another you know sixty round match or whatever. Yeah. Just load up ten <laughs> yeah. rounds. And I go. shouldn't say every match, every okay. big big match. Big match. Yep. Cleaning supplies, nothing crazy. Something just to kind of wipe down. To again, throw it in like one of those gallon Ziploc bags and roll it up. Roll it up. Just roll it up. Get all the air out of it and put it in a good spot where you can find it. Possibly next to your tools. I'm not going to tell you where to put it. Wherever you can find it, the most easy. In case something does happen, uh, sandstorm kicks up and everything. You got to clean yeah. your bolt off. You got to clean out your chamber real quick. Um, don't be throwing a, a bunch of grease in there. You should have everything kind of lubed up or dry lubed before you leave. So it's just one more step to add to that backwards timeline. You know, three days prior, I want to make sure my gun is cleaned. And if I'm cleaning the barrel, I'm going to throw some Fowler shots down it too sure. to make sure that I know it's going to return to zero when the, t- when the time comes at the zero range or wherever I'm at just to check before I leave and then check when I get there. Yep. Yep. That way you know what your cold bore is. And the, like when I say 24 to 48 to 72 hours prior, this could be the weekend prior or two weekends prior where you actually have the time to do this. I'm not saying take the entire week off to, to work this out. You should have a basic timeline of how long it's going to take you to do this task. So if it's going to be, I'm going to spend two hours, I need to go out to the range, I'm going to spend five hours, you know, doing this, that could be the weekend prior, get it cleaned, get it get it fouled, put yeah. it back in the bag, get it ready to go for the match, make and put it in your put it in your match pile. Right. And and I am sure I've told a lot of guys this that, that call and to ask me and 
I, I clean my gun every 250, 350 rounds. So if you're going to a national level match and it's 200, 250 rounds, well then you don't want to go to that match with 200 rounds already on your barrel. So what I like to do the weekend before or two weekends before the match is I'll clean it, shoot it, check it, make sure my velocity is still the same, make sure my dope is still the same, and then I have a whole 20 rounds through my barrel or 50 rounds through my barrel before I go to the match. And then you have zero, check, all that stuff. So you have 350 rounds through your barrel, barrel total. And then you can come home, clean it, get ready for the next match. Moving on to dope. So getting, getting your dope prepped is obviously one of the highest priorities of going out to the range and shooting and correcting and double checking and everything like that what type of system that you're using that you know is not going to fail you or you know it's going to fail you so you have a backup system and a backup to the backup to the backup so we got stuff written down we got stuff on our phones we got stuff on our kestrels pick something that's going to work for you back it up with something else and let it ride that's how i feel i i I have three programs on my phone my primary system for my dope is my kestrel if my kestrel is good i make sure i have plenty of batteries again into that pack yep i have plenty of batteries that is going to last me for this weekend next weekend and the weekend after and then i have all that backed up on my phone and they get as close as possible and i can look at it and say okay it's you know, two tenths here, three tenths there, whatever. I can adjust for that as long as I can see what's going on downrange. Right. So I can take that pressure off myself and say, my Kestrel is good and I trust it. Right. That's the problem. I can tell anybody, anybody that's had a Kestrel 4500 has freaked out just a little bit. They had the, the uh, 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 um, 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 because they're sitting there trying to turn their Kestrel on and it's not turning on. Right. Yeah, they're, yes. in, they're in the middle of a match or a stage, you know, and they're like, oh, my, my Kestrel won't turn on. My Kestrel won't, like, how am I going to get dope? I can't trust this like, thing. What, 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 what do I do? You know, and then they, they pop the battery hatch, pull out the, the dumb little battery divider, you know, and then they dump the batteries out and they're like, I don't have extra batteries. And then they put the batteries in in a different order, stick the dumb little thing back in there, close the hatch, and it turns on. And they're like, whoo. Saved me. I, so will, I, know I that, will not let this happen to me again. Two stages later. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. I don't have any dope. So make sure your backup to the backup is functional. But, yeah, if you do know that, if you do have one of those 4500s and that, that happens to all of us, just take a breath, undo your battery hatch, take out the stupid little divider, put it back in, close it back up, and it'll it'll turn back on. Or it should turn should back on. Should turn back on. Should turn back on. And if it doesn't, go to your backup system. Stop <laughs> worrying. Just go to your backup <laughs> system. So getting out to – so we're going to call it your tactical terrain. So climatizing to your terrain, right? How are we finding targets? So this goes into that pressure. We have X amount of time. To shoot X amount of rounds at tiny little targets that are hidden in the bushes, in the trees, in the shadows, on the horizon, stuff like that. How are we finding our targets? So this to mentally prep yourself, knowing the terrain that you're going to. So whether if there is a horizon, if you can find the horizon or if there if you know it's up in the mountains and none of this stuff, and there's nothing on the horizon, and we'll talk about indicators there here in a second, but looking for indicators that are on your playing field, on your tactical terrain, whether you're looking for uh, fire breaks, ATV tracks, they had to get those targets out there somehow. Right. Find the tracks. Find the roads. Yep. Find how it comes up and turns or curves around to the left. Right at the turn of the curve, there's a target. Right. Keep that in mind. Okay, that's target number five. I got to work my way back now. But finding the targets, Adam, what, what is – this is um, – this goes back to what you were teaching me a long time ago. Like finding your targets, identifying your targets, engaging those targets. Yeah. So – and like Mike was saying, basically we're using indicators or, or – Target uh, reference target points. Target reference points, right? So 
my biggest thing is, is okay, well, standing up right here, I can see that target plain as day. But as soon as I lay down and shoot through that culvert over there, I can't see the same thing that I'm seeing standing 10 yards back behind that. So I try to find something that's very close to the target, you know, or, or easily re relatable. So like on the horizon, do you see the tree that looks like an umbrella? Obviously there's not a bunch of trees that look like umbrellas, Yeah. right? So find that tree, come straight down into the middle of that valley. Oh yeah, there it is. Boom. Got it. Right. Or do you see the feed bunk sitting there? Go 25 yards left of the feed bunk, you know, or the stock tank or whatever. What's a feed bunk? Feed bunk? That's, that's for... Is that new? No. <laughs> that's, that's what cows eat out of. Some are portable. So you oh, like a trough. It's like a trough. Yeah. It's like a portable trough, I guess. Feed bunk. It's a feed bunk. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We're going to use that more often. <laughs> yeah. Feed bunk. <laughs> I'm glad I got you on one. I have a joke for you too. Oh God. Anyways, find, find those reference points to those targets. Just, this is going to help you in, in every target has something in relationship to it. Or if it doesn't have anything, it doesn't have a real, a, a point. So you know that that target is sitting out here in the, in the center of this open spot. You know, you know that it's there because there's trees everywhere else. It has to be in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. Right. Why look by the trees? You knew that the other one was out there in the open. So, you know, you look what is surrounding that target. Because when you get down and you lay down in a position or a weird position, one, you're already fighting that position that they put you in. Because they're, they're going to make it awkward anyways. Mm -hmm. So you're fighting that. Now you have to find the target, range it, or engage it. So if you can find a horizon too, look for cell phone towers. Yes. That's how, many, a, how many times at our local match did I say tower on the horizon? And you go bottom. right to it. Boom. All right. Which one? The one that's furthest back or the one that's closest to us? Right. One closest to us, to the right of that, at the foot of the tower, on the hill, you're going to see a target. Oh, there it is. To the left of that, your next target on right. the opposite side of that tower. Oh, there it is. So um, you can use targets as references too. So if you can find your first target yeah. or one of your targets... Okay, I know that this target is down and to the left of my first target. Mm -hmm. Go down and to the left. Power down. Make sure you guys are using that power. If you are a power whore like some people I know, and you power all the way up. Yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> power all the way up on every target. You're going to take some time to power back down and evaluate the field. Evaluate your tactical terrain. So uh, Adam made a really good point. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the other thing is... is if you guys have a hard time remembering five targets and, or if there's 10 targets or something like that, then what you want to do, write that down or draw that out on your range card. So draw it out. Like, okay, this little tree is what I'm looking for. It's at the base of that, you know, the, Make a map. the umbrella tree, right? Yep. Just draw it out so that you have a, a reference point on your range card to remember. And when you, you start doing that, it becomes easier and it's easy, you know, for you guys to, to pick it up. And remember, so Adam made a really good point on the uh, everything looks different depending on what your perspective is. Your perspective from from a standing position is going to be different from a kneeling position. It's going to be different from a prone position. It's going to be different from an uncomfortable position. It's going to be different from a comfortable position. Take your time to figure out if you're evaluating. You know, walking up to, um, you know, your your first point of contact with uh, engaging that stage or just on the range itself, make sure you're taking that time to get into that position and say, can I locate these targets? Can I find it from this position, this position, and this position? Because you may be going from a prone position to a kneeling position. Well, can I find it from this position to this position? And can I get into this position fast? And can I get out of it fast? Right. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So the next thing, um, you can actually look this up on like Weather Channel or something like that. But what is the wind going to be doing? So mentally prepping yourself for, hey, there's probably going to be 11 mile an hour winds. Yeah. So I'm going to mentally go over that chart that we've gone over with you guys multiple times. And guys that have come to our class, 
we've gone over it and said, okay, this is how I'm going to find my wind with this gun at this mile per hour. And then start looking at that from different angles. Because you're not going to be shooting in the same direction all day long. You may be shooting in, you know, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Just depends on where you're going and what you're doing. Right. And if it's a 30 mile an hour wind, obviously, if it's if it's uh, 70 out, it's not that big of a deal. But if it's 40 degrees out or 30 degrees out and you have 30 mile an hour winds, now we're talking layers, right? You've mm-hmm. got to have, have, have some base layers. you got to have, you know, you got to be ready for that. A lot of, man, I, I made this mistake. One of the very first match I ever shot was uh, uh, Sniper's Hide up in uh, Douglas, Wyoming. Went up, man, it was beautiful. It was like 70 degrees, t-shirt weather. The next morning, there's like frost on the ground. It's raining. It's sleeting. It's it's cold. So we're we're trying to figure out. Oh man, nobody has enough clothes. I was out there in about eight t-shirts trying to shoot, and it was. I mean, it was just it was miserable that first day. Second day, 65, 70, beautiful out again. Right? I I did not show up with enough gear. <clears throat> that was like when we shot the cup up in Weldona. It was the same type of deal. It rained for two days straight yeah. we were slipping sliding around for two days and then the last day it was like twice the temperature it was and it started drying up and it got real humid yeah. who had two raincoats on yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> again going back to acclimatizing to your terrain have a mental plan for the first day of shooting or that prep day. So they're going to give you maybe some time to zero, hopefully. Most matches do. They'll give you that first day to zero when you show up. <clears throat> going into the wind and going, okay, I know what the wind is going to be doing. Or I have a g- really, really good idea of what it's going to be doing. Get there. Feel it. Listen to it. Climatize yourself to it. Check your Kestrel. Check, or ask somebody, hey, what, what's the wind doing? Someone on the line is going to have a Kestrel. Yes, most definitely. But stand in it for five minutes and just listen to it. Look around, see what the terrain is doing, seeing if it's actually moving stuff. You you see those manuals that are like, well, if the tree branch is moving or the leaves are moving on the tree branch, or you can see the underside of the leaf, the wind's blowing five miles an hour. Well, the guys who wrote those manuals are on the East Coast. Yeah, that's what it does on the East Coast. What does it do on the West Coast? What does it do in Central? What does it do in Mountain? Take a look around and say, okay, this is what it's doing. This is what it feels like. I think it's blowing this hard. And then find out how hard it's blowing. Once you find out how hard it's blowing, now you've climatized yourself. You have that much more information in your head going, okay, that's what it sounds like when it's coming from this direction. So when I'm laying down and I can hear the wind, it's swirling in my ear, okay, it's about six, seven miles an hour. I'm going to hold for six, seven miles an hour. Right. <clears throat> Prep your area and keep your kitchen clean. So even when you're in, a, in training, keep your area clean. Take out what you need to use. Use it. Don't just start throwing trash everywhere. Don't just start leaving brass everywhere because that is how you are going to, you know, train how you fight, right? That's right. So look good, fight good. That's what I say. Yeah. So when you, when you train that way, that's how you're, you're going to be a slob when you get out there. That's right. You're going to have, you're going to just have shit all over the place. You're going to look like a freaking yard sale. Yeah. So, and, and people are going to notice that. They're going to try to help you out and you're going to go, oh, no, I don't need your help. But your shit's going to be dicked up. Your yeah. backpack, your backpack's going to be all over the place. Your gear's going to be everywhere. Your gun is not going to be ready to go. If you don't practice that in training, it's going to show when you get to a match. You, you are going to be unorganized. Yep. Guaranteed. And it's even, even something very so simple is your scope caps open and closed. Right. Yeah, and your power up and down. Power up and down. Mag magnification return to zero. I was just about to say that. <laughs> return to zero every single time. Right. And your scope caps. I Man, I am horrible. I can I'll return my scope to zero every time. I'll back my mag the magnification down a little bit. Scope caps every time, man. Beep time starts. Booms. 
Scope caps are closed. Hey, bloop, there they bloop. are. Got to open those every single time. Uh, you know, like if that's my worst mistake, I'm probably doing okay. But I know that's my training habit mm-hmm. because every and time. And it shows in competition because yeah. you're on the clock. You want to make hits. You're like, okay, I am on this stage. I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to shoot this. But you didn't prep your area. Right. You didn't keep your kitchen clean. Yeah, you gotta gotta open them scope caps. Man. Yeah, gotta open up. I've been ripping my back scope cap off. Yeah, you don't have to worry about. I don't the even back worry one. about that one. It takes less. It's half the time to open the first. You know, the front one. Oh, yeah. So yeah, just, just open the front one. Whole match preparation. So the mental prep and the pressure that you're putting yourself through. Develop a game plan in your head. You'll get a match, but hopefully you'll get a matchbook. The night or the day of zero. And then you have time to go through that matchbook and and read through the matchbook. One, try to understand it or try to picture yourself in that position or that situation. You're not going to be able to picture yourself on the exact course of fire, but you can have an idea of what they're trying to throw at you based on the equipment that you have, based on the distances and also when you go out to that zero range chances are you're going to be shooting within that vicinity so you have an idea of what the terrain already looks like right yep so develop a game plan in your head yeah and i I, i'm huge on on visualization so visualize yourself doing this or that or using your tripod for rear support or you know hey i'm gonna have to shoot three different positions shoot standing kneeling and prone Okay. Well, how do you shoot standing? You know, go through that in your head so you know, hey, I know that I run my sling out all the way. I loop it and I pull it in as tight as I can with my arm straight out. Then when I grab a hold of the gun, I can set my elbow on the sling and I can do this. Visualize yourself doing that. Practice it so you know what it feels like. That's what the night before is is for, is to actually go through those things and get your head wrapped around so you already know what you're going to do. And hopefully you showed up with a buddy. So, yeah. yeah, you show up as, you know, you and your buddy just got into this sport. You guys really want to do this together. And that's really what it takes to kind of kick somebody in the ass a lot is to do this with a friend. Or yeah. find a friend when you're there and you guys figure it out. And talk about this stuff. Talk it out together. But let's let's rewind. I want to correct myself real quick. When I say develop a game plan in your head... I want you to develop a tentative plan. Develop a tentative plan. And the reason I say that is because most plans don't survive first contact. Right. You're going to get punched in the face and things are going to change. Yeah. You need to be able to move with the change. So. That's what Mike Tyson always said, man. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. So. And. A lot of people want to just stick to the plan, stick to the plan, stick to the plan, and they start frustrating themselves. Tell yourself, something is going to go wrong. Yeah. You have to be prepared for that. Deal with it. Yeah. You, You're an adult. Yeah, you Deal have, with it. You have to have a, you, you know, I, um, everybody has a general idea of what is the most stable position to shoot from for that person. Like Mike shoots a different way than I do. Mike knows his most stable way. I also know the most second stable way to shoot something. If I can't do the thing that I want to do most, I have a backup plan for that. And I know my capabilities. If, I'm, if I have to do something that I don't like, but I also have a backup plan for that. You know, it's like, hey, well, I can't do this right-handed as solid as I want because they designed it to shoot it left-handed. Well, I know that I'm very good left-handed. I may just switch and shoot the gun left-handed. Yeah, shoot still, the whole thing left-handed. And still use rear support the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I, the only thing was is I just changed from right-handed to left-handed. So you have to have that backup plan. Have a backup plan. The best way to get a backup plan is to go out and shoot this stuff. If you don't go out and shoot it, you won't gain experience points and you won't level right. up. Yeah, I and I, I love to train different ways. You can ask O'Dan Hansen about shooting 22s with me. He goes, I would never shoot this like this. I would never shoot off of a tripod like this. It's like, I understand. But you would have to shoot off of something else like this in a match most likely. 
so let's figure out how to do it this way now, you know? And he's like, oh, I guess that makes sense, you know? It's like, I know that this isn't normal. This mm -hmm. is, I'm already good at standing and locking into a tripod. I can already do that. I want to shoot it a different way. Throw a rear bag, not a very stable rear bag. Just take a real thin, flat rear bag, set it up on there where you have really no support. Make it shaky. Yeah, yeah. make it shaky. See how you can make that stable at that point. What is your best way to make this this gun shoot the way that you want at that point? So just relate stuff and build it into your training regimen, basically. Mm -hmm. You see it, you go to a match, you get you get beat down pretty good. You have to come back. You have to bounce back. This isn't something that you're going to jump into and you're going to be in the top 10 immediately. It's something yeah. that you have to practice for. Those guys are serious shooters. Those guys are training all the time. Those are the guys that are in their rooms that night training, and they do this very, very well. Yeah. But you can't be intimidated by it. You have to do this for you. But you also can't be discouraged when something goes wrong. You have to take the punch. Yeah. You have to move on and then go, okay, well, what do I need to do differently in my training? Right. How, do, how do I train to make myself better and succeed? Create your tentative plan. Moving on. Things are going to go wrong. You keep hearing me say that. Let's talk about a few things that we've had go wrong and on the clock. So I saw your eyes get real uh, wide. Oh, let me make a list real quick. Oh, oh yeah, let's so, see. Case uh, head separation. Yeah, I had case head separation. I reloaded a piece of brass entirely too much. Um, it just came apart in the, right in the middle of a match. I got lucky. Uh, I was shooting my AX. I was at the heat stroke. And... Uh, um, Case head, I smell. I could smell. It smelled like a Pierce primer, and anybody that's Pierce primers can they know that smell, right? It's that extra gas coming back. You can see it hits you in the face. I was like, oh man, I pierced a primer. So I pulled my bolt open and I just look over the top of the bolt at the ejection port just to see what happens. And it comes out, and just the head of the case comes out. You know, it's just like a little three eighths section. So I'm like, oh boy. And I, oh god, I was, I was three targets into the into the stage. I fold the stock on my AX, pull my bolt, throw it on the ground, shut the stock, stand the AX up, and I slam it on the ground as hard as I can. And just just trying. Right? You've yeah. you got to try something. You've got to right? do something. And the, that piece of brass falls out of the chamber. You got lucky. And hits the ground. And I was like, woohoo! Grab my gun, set it back on, the, on my bipod, rear bag, find the target, and set it up, point the gun right at the target. Open the stock. I grab my bolt, and it is covered in this fine red Oklahoma dirt. Mm. And I was like, mm, I can't put the bolt with that much that much dirt on it. So what I did is I took Just the, the bolt, heat stroke. Hit the heat stroke. Hit the heat yeah. stroke. And I took it. I put the bolt behind my knee, closed my knee on it, and pulled the bolt out. So it basically wiped as much of the dirt off as I could. Took the bolt, stuck it in the gun, and finished the stage. And I only missed one target. Nice. Yeah. So that must have been like a flash. Yeah. <laughs> Just a pale brown yeah, flash. The, the, the RO was pretty – he was pretty impressed because he was like, man, you really kept your composure because it was like, you know, you just opened the gun, pulled it well, out. Well, out of you know, anybody – I would say out of anybody in the U.S., you are the most familiar with it, with an AX as far as the functionality, taking it apart, putting it back together. But now yeah. doing it under pressure and doing it on the clock, like – it was just like I was at my workbench. Yep. <laughs> just banging away on just it. Just banging away. Um, I had a, I had a case head at um, Craig. Craig. Uh, yeah. I think it was what? That was like two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. Um, we were shooting the same caliber. We were shooting the same load. We were shooting the same everything. Uh, barrels were identical. And I had a case head. And that was just the, what? that was probably the third stage into the match. Yeah. And it just, for me, it went downhill from there. And we ended up shooting the same gun Yeah, it, by the end of the match because my uh, my barrel had backed out. Yeah. I don't know if we didn't forget. We forgot to tighten the, the torque screw or the quick lock screw. <clears throat> you know, the, the barrel backed out. I was like, well, we didn't, we didn't, know, know, yeah, we didn't, we didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't know like, that. I was like, man, this, this gun should be perfect. I don't know what's wrong with it. And I didn't at that time. We were in the middle of a match. I said, "Hey, I'm, I'm not going to just stop what I'm doing here and and start tearing your gun apart." You know, like mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. Just shoot mine. Your ammo is the same. Well, we got to so, the other stage where we were shooting the uh, the silhouettes with the gongs in the middle of them. Yeah. And first shot 
impact. Second shot, impact. Next target. First shot, wild right. And you're yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you were, you were like yeah. seriously mad at me, and I was like. I'm not trying to piss you off, dude. I swear <laughs> yeah. to God, I'm, I'm fucking doing everything I, I yeah. told you I was going to do. Yeah, how did you miss it by that far? Like, it, what it was you... like literally probably five mils, I remember. Yeah, and then, it was a long ways. So, loaded in the next round, did it again. Loaded in the next round, boom. Had a suppressor, but uh, it, it, it overpressured. <laughs> yeah, it overpressured in the chamber, flattened the primer, destroyed my extractor, Knocked all the rounds down in the mag, broke the mag well, uh, broke the magazine weld, yep. which I didn't realize until two stages later because it kept running. Yeah. And then it, and then we used your bolt from your gun yeah. and took all the pieces off that, put it on mine, got that functional again, and I kept overriding the magazine, and you were getting mad at me again. You were yelling at me while I was <laughs> trying to shoot. It's like, why is your gun not You're like, feet? what are you doing? <laughs> Stop short stroking it. I'm like, it won't fucking pick up around. <laughs> yeah. like, so that's have, when we figured out the magazine was busted. Yeah, I was like, when, when have you seen an AX not feed? So right. I'm like, Mike short stroking the shit out of the bolt over here. He's telling all my like, friends, making me look bad. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm gonna call him. Right, I'm gonna call him out. He's my shooting partner. I, he deals with me every day. I'm calling his ass out on the line now. Right. I'm not going to do it later. So Murphy showed up and shit went to hell. But, <laughs> you know, and that's what's going to happen. It's just like, to me, it was one thing after another after another, which was nice because the next day we, I had all the same ammo that you were shooting. Mm -hmm. Everything was good. So I shot my ammo and you shot your ammo, but we just used your gun. Yep. So I was like, I don't want to deal with any more stuff out of my gun until we get home, get it, get it looked at and see what's going on with it. Once we figured that out and uh, felt pretty stupid after we got home. Yeah, I felt pretty dumb on that deal. But, um, you know, things will go wrong. Deal with it and move on. I actually caught back up. And I think I made it back to the middle of the pack or the top middle of the pack with yeah. Aaron. And uh, we were literally running from stage to stage back and forth. Adam would shoot on the next stage first. And I would take his gun and run it back to the previous stage and yeah. get in line to shoot that. And then I would shoot that, and Adam would already be at the next stage after that, so I had to run two stages up to get him his gun. So we got a good workout, and that gun got a good workout. I think yeah, that, we burnt that barrel out that, that weekend. That, that thing was, it was never cold. Yeah, it was hot the entire time, <laughs> yeah. but it was hitting. Oh, yeah. Because you got, what was that? Eighth. Eighth, eighth yeah. that year, and uh, that worked out really well. But anyways, back to things that can go wrong. Forgetting to dial is a huge one. All the time, I see it on the line. I do it myself from time to time. We're calling ourselves out in this because these are issues that we have found and we've, we've tried to correct them through training. And we've tried to correct them through training others to do this stuff. Yep. But forgetting to dial is probably one of the biggest things that I ever see. Plus, not just your elevation, but your windage. Yep. I forgot to dial my wind back. Why'd you dial wind on in the first place? Right. Or um, what happened to Fritz yeah. when, we, when we shot the uh, the swinger? Yep. Same same match, Craig. And uh, Fritz, he was killing it. He was doing good. He was man. destroying he, he, it. And we get to an easy 8-inch plate at 400 yards on a spinner. All you have to do is spin it. Stop it, spin it, or you know, hit it. And then if you could, on the last shot, spin it all the way around. You get 11 points. And he's like, miss, miss, miss. We're like, Fritz, like, dude, stop holding the same amount of, like, hold more wind. Like, uh, what are you There's doing? no wind. He's like, it's like no the wind. dust is just going straight, straight up. up. He's like, I don't know why I need to hold four tenths of wind. <laughs> he, he's like, oh, no. I dialed four tenths on the last, or, no, it just spun. It yeah, just it spun. spun. Yeah, we were walking yeah. from stage to stage, and he had it, and he had it pitched yeah. just right or something like that. I'm sure he's, he's going to hear this on Monday or Tuesday, and yeah. he'll, He'll, he'll come up and correct me. Here's what happened. Yeah. So I'll get you the real story. But what what basic basically happened is we, we didn't get that windage dialed back to center yep. in time to do that spinner. Yeah. So. And, and I mean, it, it bit him because he only ended up with, I think, three points or something on that. And it should have been an easy 10. Yeah. An easy, you know, or an easy nine anyways, yep. you know. Um, losing your reference points. So your target reference points that we were talking about. Losing the horizon, losing the uh, losing the field, uh, sh uh, 
clouds creep up and right. cancel out the sun and everything yeah. looks different. Yeah, the lights all, all the, bad. The, yeah. the, you have bad lighting or the green, the really dark green patch right to the north of that, you're going to see your target. Now is a dark gray patch. Right. And you're like, where'd the dark green patch go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maintain your composure and believe it or not, stopping and taking a breath. Yeah. One say three seconds for you to just regain composure is nothing compared to rushing the next six or seven shots. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. So if you can, if you can gain that composure and say hit four of those next targets or next four out of the next six shots that you have left, instead of missing five of those or two, Right. I, I mean, it, three, it, something, something, it, you know, hit the target. That's what we're there for. So what if you time out, but you were engaging the target, you found it, you comprehended what was happening and you made it through it. But it's, and you'd be amazed once you gain that composure, how fast you can actually move, you know? And I know it's, it's, you know, Everybody will reference the, the movie Shooter. I do it all the time. Slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Because it is. Mm-hmm. If you can slow down time in your head, figure out what you're doing and where you need to be, then you'd be amazed how fast you can actually start to engage those other targets and move through your problems. Prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Period. Period. Ooh, I think that's seven P's in a row. <laughs> But seriously, guys, go into it with some type of tentative plan and go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. If this is your first match, go into it with an open mind so that you can gain the experience so you can go back and reference that. And this is why it's really important to do this with a friend. We only have four four or five more things to cover. Um, This is why it's important to do with a friend because now you can do an after actions report when you're done. Yeah. So you go to a local match, you go to a club match, you go to a national match, you go just to the sh- just to the shooting range. Adam and I do this all the time. We go to the shooting range, and whether we're on the clock or we're just shooting, we are slowing ourselves down and practicing and making those first-round impacts, the second-round impact. We're doing something a little bit different. We're doing it a little bit slower. And every time we get back in the truck after we've packed everything up, we're on our way back, I go, okay, I think this is what I learned today. And then we talk about it for, you know, I think it's like an hour and a half drive that we have. Right. And we just go back and forth. Okay, well, what, how can we change this? What yeah. can we do here? Yeah. How come, how come this is so hard? How can we miss this more than we do this? You know, and, and just, just break it down and that way you have an idea. So when you encounter that later in life, you're like, oh, yeah, remember when we were doing this? This helps us this way. Yeah. You know, just just – Experience. There's nothing. There's no substitute through for lead through the barrel. Mm-hmm. No substitute. No, nothing trumps that. Stage and mental prep and pressure that you're going to put on yourself. Take a step back and visualize this stuff and see yourself in the position. Yep. See yourself in the position. Yeah. You. You. This is this is really why I wanted to do this episode was was visualization. So you you really have to visualize yourself hitting that target, right? And I know that sounds kind of weird. You're like, well, yeah, I always want to hit them, but you need to draw back before you ever step up to that stage. I want you to visualize yourself go through each and everything that you need to do and how you're going to do it to just to the minute detail of I'm going to set the tripod here. I'm going to drag it with me because I can't push it. And that's going to put me in this position for a kneeling position. Then I can stand straight up and never have to move the tripod and shoot it here. And if you can look at those things and see that before you ever do it, what you're going to basically do is you're going to make that stage your bitch. Mm -hmm. That's the plan. Don't get scared of the stage. That's the tentative plan. Yeah, it's a tentative plan. Because that stage is about to make me its bitch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Don't, don't let it though. Don't let that stage dictate what you like. You know, you, you, you have the gun. Yeah. You, you make the rules at this point. That's right. You make sure that you win. That's the, that's what you want to do. You do not want that stage to kick your ass. So can you get into this position and out of this position quick? 
we have to ask ourselves that position well, or that question. So if I'm throwing a knee under here, or I'm putting my foot under here, I'm laying flat on this, can I get into this position and then be ready to get out of this position as fast as possible? And is that position solid? Right. So Adam was talking about it. Go into your training repertoire and start making things uncomfortable for yourself and try to fight through it and say, okay, well, what if I did this differently? Or what if I used this bag instead of this bag? Don't walk up like the Michelin man, you know, with every single bag on the planet, hoping that one of those bags is going to, you know, work its miracle. Right. Grab a good solid bag and go, okay, I'm going to try to make it work with this. Well, it doesn't work with that. Okay, well, I'm going to try this bag. I'm not going to have 90 bags on my body trying to get into a position because it's going to make it slower for you to get out of that position. I, I'm working on, uh, right now, two bags. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to have with me next year It's two bags. That's it. I'm guessing one is a barricade bag and one's a rear bag. One is a rear bag and barricade bag. The other one is a like a the big trouse pillow. The position. Yeah, because sometimes you just need that big, tall... You know, I need to fill mine back up. That, but sometimes you just need that big pillow. So, I, mean, I ordered some more of those um, heavy rear bags that Trouse makes. That's 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 my bag. That's, <laughs> that's your bag. Is that the one? <clears throat> that was a good guess, the, then, huh? The mini, the mini heavy fill. The mini heavy fill. I just I'm ordered gonna, like ten more. Of those. I'm going to use that for barricades, odd positions, rocks, whatever. That's going on it. Then. If I need a big pillow for something, that's what it, it's going to get thrown in. Okay. Make your money in prone. If you're offered a prone position, take advantage. That is where you're going to make your money. Yep. So take your time. Get into that position. Get as comfortable as possible. You practice in that position. You zero in that position. That is the, posi the position that you are most accustomed to at this point in time. To make your money, make your money there. A um, couple things to kind of think about. If you are jumping into the match level type of shooting, you're going to be on the clock. Don't waste time arguing with somebody on the clock. Deal with the alibis afterwards. Yeah. There's, there's no point in stopping everything you're doing and wasting 30 seconds arguing with somebody. Take your hits and move on. That's all you got to do. Take your points and move, dude. Yeah. Don't try to make a big deal out of something. If that person uh, saw something that you didn't see, and you know what? They may be inexperienced. Put that in some kind of critique and let the match director know. But don't make yourself look like a jackass sitting there on the clock arguing with somebody when you don't need to. Yeah, it's guess, it's still it's still a game. Guess what? We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It happens. That's 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 part of it. If you make a mistake and you're like, "Oh man, oh, I just shot the wrong target on that KYL the very beginning shot," well, guess what? Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're done, dude. Yeah, you. So what? Don't you, argue it. You, you know up. you did it. You yeah. know what you did. Yeah, come on. You man. messed up, man. Stand up. Sign the book. Get yeah. going. You dick the dog, and now you got to yeah. pay for it. Be a man. Yeah. Be a man. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Russell Peters? Russell Peters. Russell yeah. Peters. If be, you guys, a, be a man. Be a man. Um, so you missed. So what? Stay cool. Yeah. Remember your ABCs, man. Always be cool. Always be cool. Man, you can learn just as much from missing a target as you can from hitting the target. Actually, sometimes more. So make sure that you see how you missed. That's the important. That's the fundamentals of shooting is seeing where you missed. Making the correction and hitting. Yeah. Keep your cool. Yeah. One of the biggest things I see people, I see it all the time. See people. See. I see Sorry. People. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, is they say I can't. Well, I, I, oh, I, I, just, I, I just, love this. I just, I, I can't drop, do, drop this bomb, please. I, I just, Thank I, you. I can't do this. Yes. It's like, well, stop using the word can't. That messes your mind up so much. Your brain does not understand can't. It understands positive things. So if you say 
hey, I can do this, then do that. Yeah, I am going to do X. As soon as you say I can't do this, you're gonna you're gonna you're going to mess it up, right? And you can't because your brain will not let you. It's like this, or you say, hey, don't miss. You just told yourself miss. Mm-hmm. That was what you said in your brain. It didn't understand don't. It understood miss. Boom, off the right edge. Oh shit! And then you just get mad. You start throwing <laughs> stuff, and like, and then you get mad. You have, always be cool. Yeah. Calm down. Like, don't you, say don't. Don't say don't. Don't say can't. Say what you need to do. Break it down. Hey, I need to read the wind. I need to build my stable position. I need good, straight trigger pull. Nothing makes me more mad than screwing myself by yanking the trigger. Mm-hmm. I done everything perfect, right down to the ninth, you know, right to the four nets, shots, everything. four shots on target, fifth shot here it comes, snatch that trigger, snatched it, man. Like why, <clears throat> why do that? And I, every shooting sport I'm in, it doesn't matter. Rifle, shotgun. People will see me, I, like, oh, yeah, I'll get mad, cuss myself out. And it's because I made a bad decision or a bad trigger pull. That it, and that just, it gets under my skin. Try not to make those dumb decisions in the heat of the moment. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Right? It is because, again, you're under pressure. And what we're trying to do is walk you through these steps. The, the mental health of a shooter is recognizing the problem or recognizing the stressor, whether it's a positive stressor or a negative stressor, recognizing that stressor and going, how am I going to deal with this out in the field? How am I going to deal with this on the clock? How am I going to deal with this in training? And what maybe we need to do is, you know, start thinking what type of stress inoculators can we use out um, on the training range? You know, this isn't, you know, we're not in combat. We're not throwing, you know, we're, you know, we're not low crawling through minefields and shit like that, but there is stress in this type of shooting and we need to know how to deal with it. We need to be able to inoculate ourselves from it by, uh, just throwing the clock on, right? Just turn the clock on, dude. You can turn the clock on for five minutes. You'll be surprised how fast five minutes goes, especially right. when you're trying to accomplish something or accomplish a, a, a task or, or a unit of training. It's, it's going to take time to block that out and go, okay, what do I need to do? I need to breathe. I need to take a second. I need to recognize what's going on here. I need to read this wind and I need a good trigger. Yep. My, my, my wife is actually the shooter in the family. Like, like <clears throat> She's I, I'm, badass. I, I'm a decent shooter. She, is, she has what it takes to actually be a real good shooter. She has the, the mind behind it. Um, when she, she gets on long runs, she shoots a lot of competitive trap. And she'll get on runs like uh, uh, she was 675 straight at the Grand this year going. And, you know, she she didn't let that, that pressure build up on herself. You know, so it's, like, well, I, 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 I'm 700 straight or I'm 200 straight or I'm, you know, that is stress that you put on yourself. You don't need that. She can block that out. So, and I, I talked to her quite a bit about it because shooting is all, it's all, you're putting stress on yourself. It's like, hey, I'm about to clean this stage. Loss. Well, why did you miss? Well, because I was just thinking about hitting all 10 of these shots, you know, and I yanked the shit out of the trigger or whatever. You just put that pressure on yourself that was not needed. Yeah. Take a breath. Take a breath. Focus on your fundamentals. That is that's the that's exactly what she does. I asked her. I'm like, hey, well, what do you do? Like, you're you're 700 targets straight. What what are you focusing on? What? It, she's yeah, because like, I want to be at 700 targets straight. Yeah, I, I want to be there, right? <laughs> right? You know, the closest I've ever got is like 400 and some. You know, like I, I, she's almost twice me. You know, on her action on her longest run. So. Like she's like, well, I just focus on the the basics, right? So my, my gun mount is good. My eyes are where they need to be. I'm holding my gun still. My eyes lock on the target. 
I move to the target and have a good trigger pull. She's mechanically sound. Just going through them mechanics. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm a mechanics guy. And it all it all comes back to this. Same thing is do those basic fundamentals, the basic mechanics. When you start to feel that pressure build up, and you can feel it in your body, your head, your eyes, everything starting to hold your breath. That's because you're putting all this pressure. There's really there's no difference between the first shot and the last shot you're taking. There's no difference. It's the pressure that you put on yourself. Do not put that pressure on yourself. <laughs> don't say don't, Adam. Don't say don't. I said do not. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, uh, we're going to wrap this up. We're hitting our hour point. And, uh, again, uh, welcome Frank back to Colorado. Uh, if, you, if you see him bump into him or, you know, want to shoot him an email or something, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. I know uh, he posted something up <clears throat> the other day, kind of a eulogy kind of deal and what his New Year's resolution is. And, I thought that was really cool. He bounced back and he sounded really good. From what I talked to him on the phone and texted him with him and emailed with him, um, he's doing really well. And I think he's doing really well because he has a lot of support and a lot of support from you guys. So thank you for showing him that support. Thank you for supporting the Everyday Sniper. Thank you for putting us in the top 100. Thank you for making this the hottest podcast, number four of 2018. Thank you for all that stuff, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Adam, you got any house cleaning? No, man, I, I think I've said my piece here today, so we'll, we'll just continue on, man. And uh, um, thank you for letting me be part of this. And, yeah. and, uh, That's been good. Um, you guys, again, throw some comments up. What do you guys think about pressure? What do you, what, what's a positive stressor? What's a negative stressor for you? Throw some comments in the comment section and uh, discuss some stuff. Jump on the sniper side, the everyday sniper. Uh, we'll post this up. I'm going to post this up tonight so you guys will have something for tomorrow morning's coffee. Uh, the drive into work or something like that. So uh, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.